0: You're listening to the Plain Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast with fire passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Walt Well, hello and welcome to episode number 12 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Second time lucky Simon this time? Yes. Yeah, the computer just crashed, so we're trying this for a second time. And uh, we're back here in the kitchen studio and uh, Simon's back. Uh,
1: yes, uh, my wife is a uh not uh, too good in hospital, but she's uh, on the mend now. So uh, wish her well, and yeah. uh, my thoughts are with her. I'm going to see her after this. So yeah, we wish her all the best. I uh, hope you get well, Lynn, If you're listening, which I'm sure
0: she will be, yes, in, uh, yes. listening to our podcast because yes, she loves yes, them. Yes. Uh, so, with, like I said, we're back here on uh, Saturday, the 22nd uh, of February. Yes. Seatbelts uh, fast. Seatbelts are fast. Yes. I have. We we're just uh, before the show. we were, uh, uh, Simon was commenting on uh, my belt buckle. Um, which uh, I got off eBay, which is an aircraft uh, seat belt seat buckle, belt buckle Boeing one. Uh, we'll just we'll just click it here so you can um, hear hear the there we go seat belts are fastened. Yes. Uh, Tray tables are in their uh, upright position, Simon. <laughs>
1: yes. Uh, window shades up. <laughs> window shades are up. Yes, we're yes, ready to record uh, and ready for takeoff. I think. <laughs> yes. Yes,
0: we're ready to take uh, episode number twelve to off. the skies. To the skies. Yes. So uh we've had uh, quite an uh, interesting week of uh, bits and pieces happening around the world. We've yes. had uh, hijackings. Yes. And uh some uh, pretty good uh, crosswind landings, uh, yeah. haven't we seen? Yes.
1: Yes, and uh and also uh good news the Red Arrows uh, tail is actually complete now um uh, very early. I didn't think we we're going to see that until they come back from uh, training uh, in um abroad. So uh I'm quite I say quite impressed. I'm very impressed. And uh, going by what I've seen on Facebook and everything, um, the amount of likes we've had, it is um, it is a really good design, whoever designed that. And uh, we'll talk more about that uh, shortly.
0: We shall, yeah. I saw the pictures you put on Facebook. Yes. So, and they're yes. very good. Very yes. good. Yeah. They
1: are actually on our um, podcast uh, Facebook page. So if you haven't seen them yet, please have a look. And there's lots of other good uh, bits of information and pictures on there. And uh, also uh, like us because we need more likes um, for our podcast uh, site on Facebook, please. Click click the like button on Facebook. Find us on Facebook, (coughs) Plain
0: Talking UK. You'll see us on there. Um, Like us. And uh, before we uh, kick off with the news, just going to say a quick thanks uh, again to... uh, Captain Jeff from the airline pilot guide podcast, who stood in for you last week, Simon.
1: Yes, um, I'm most grateful uh, to uh, Captain uh, Jeff uh, for doing that for me. Uh, much appreciated, Jeff, and uh, hope to uh, catch up with you uh, in a future podcast. Yeah, we're going to have uh, Jeff on <clears throat> again in the, in the
0: near future um, to uh, join us uh, via Skype again. That was uh, that was quite interesting, Simon. I, I said to you earlier, it's interesting having someone that I've listened to for a good three or four years now having uh, uh, actually being able to talk to him for yeah. sort of uh, voice-to-voice. Yes, yes. Uh, very good, very good to have someone uh, of his calibre on the show. Yes. So we're going to kick off this weekend, as we always do, with the weekly news. And uh, Simon, if you're ready to rock. I'm ready to take off. We're ready to take off. Here we go. So, first piece of news then this week is uh, regarding EasyJet. Uh, One of their flights, uh, an Airbus A319, was uh, coming into land when the shock pilot saw uh, a paraglider. Uh, This flight was going into Newquay and the uh, pilot of the uh, Airbus A319 EasyJet, Uh, saw the red flash of uh, a canopy from the paraglider as he was coming into land at around 2,000 feet. The uh, uh, EasyJet flight missed the uh, paraglider by about 150 feet um, in this mid-air drama, and the Airbus, travelling at 240 miles an hour, was coming into land, and he saw the uh, canopy of this paraglider flash past his window whilst he was at 2,000 feet. He told Air Traffic Control that we've just had some kind of paraglider passing very close to our left-hand side. Passengers on the aircraft were unaware of the near-miss, and an investigation has been opened now into the drama, um, which has called for a crackdown on paramotor pilots who can buy kits for anything up to uh, £1,500 online and take to the air untrained. The UK AirPROX board said the radar could not pick up the airborne craft, travelling below 46 miles per hour, so the air traffic controllers were unable to warn the pilot of the Airbus uh, EasyJet flight of the paraglider, um, which had flown in from Newquay, Cornwall. Experts said that uh, the uh, aircraft could not have taken avoiding action uh, had things have been uh, closer. The board found that there was a Category A risk of a near-collision near uh, south end airport essex last july and it's recommended that the civil aviation authority reviews the licensing of paramotor and glider pilots
1: so simon this could have been a lot more serious uh, yes uh, definitely and it is quite a busy area um for uh, aircraft and to have him flying this uh paramotor aircraft whatever you call it glider thing um i'm just just pretty uh shocked um because he put his own life in danger and all the passengers and the pilot and the crew and not just that the people on the ground as well mm. that's um uh, quite scary because you've got south end and then there's loads of other airports in the vicinity with cambridge and stuff if anything had have happened it could have been catastrophic
0: yeah definitely that's um definitely because obviously paragliders and the small light um sort of uh, sport air um, aircraft such as paragliders don't have the usual um, transponders on board, no. so obviously, they're not um, uh, being obviously not having their signals transmitted to a radar as such. So, uh, it's hard for them to be really spotted, um, yes. apart from by an actual another aircraft yes. heading in its, in its direction. They need
1: to crack down, as they've uh, sort of said about this, they need to crack down on this because it is just. An accident waiting to happen, and uh, before long, if nothing's done, I think there will be uh, some sort of uh, accident, which no one ever wants to happen, but that's very scary indeed.
0: Yeah, like it says on the report, you can you can buy one of these kits for a 1,500 quid and uh, without a license, go
1: and fly around. Goodness me. No. It's shocking, isn't it?
0: Uh, next piece of news then from uh, STV News, this one. Um, this is regarding something that we've talked about before, previous times on podcasts, about laser pens being shone into the cockpits of aircraft. This one uh happened at Glasgow 5 times in 2 days uh, with police issue, uh, issuing a safety warning as a result. An investigation has been launched into an effort to trace the culprits after there were th- reports of uh, five laser pointers being pointed at aircraft coming in and out of Glasgow Airport last week. <coughs> police believe the lights may have been pointed from uh, near the Goals 5 side football pitches on the Great Western Road on Thursday and Friday of last week. The incident being investigated and anyone with information is asked to call the police on the non-emergency number of 101. A police uh, spokesman... Uh, from Scotland, said that shining laser pens towards aircraft has serious safety implications, not only for the crew and the passengers, but also for the residents who live under the Glasgow airport flight path. So it's obviously the message is not getting through, Simon.
1: Yes, I think uh, they're going to have to ban these or do something um, because um, my wife's uh, parents live on the flight line to uh, Glasgow for incoming and outbound flights. So it's quite unnerving if this can blind the pilots. They just need to ban uh, the laser pens or put a, an age limit on them, mm. similar to uh, alcohol or, or cigarettes. But even then, I think they could still get in the wrong hands. Oh yeah, you can
0: still you can you can still find them online, cheap, yes.
1: cheap as chips. Yeah. as they say, you can pu- but, um, purchase them online. It's very uh, difficult for the uh, police or any of the uh, airport authorities to find anything um, from the actual where whereabouts that they were. Uh, Pointed from mm. on the ground, isn't it? It's a very hard thing to find uh, the people who are uh, actually doing this to the aircraft, and I don't think the people who do do this sort of thing realize the uh, implications to the crew and uh, and the safety no. aspect. I th- I do. You know what I think Simon. What?
0: Um, kind of jokingly, I think they should employ an Apache AH sixty yes. four gunship. Yes. With um, laser. Um, finding equipment on board and and, and and have it positioned near the airport. Yes. And should this happened... Now, I um, would imagine...
1: <laughs> uh, You'd laugh. I would imagine the technology for this is mm. po- possibly a boat.
0: Mm. I think it is. I think they have, they do definitely have the ability to tra- to track um, uh, laser guide and stuff like that. So the, perhaps we should employ the um, military to uh, perhaps uh, have a, an Apache gunship.
1: With all the um, technology surrounding uh, Groom Lake Area 51, I know they can actually smell people, they can sense people's uh, breathing and uh, anything like that. So I would imagine the little, um, there must be a, some sort of technology that can pick these lasers up and mm. can figure out where they are on the ground through GPS or something similar.
0: Yeah, so we'll keep our eyes on that uh, particular stories and there's bound to be another one crop up uh, in the in the close future next story then from the observer this one is uh, regarding the high winds we've had um, again recently here um, causing technical delays at Stansted airport and they're reported of they've reported minor delays as a result of the winds uh, which uh, gusted around the country at speeds of anything up to 80 miles an hour Uh, the severe conditions have also caused problems with the baggage reclaim and departure screens the airport used its Twitter account to uh, to report that the uh, the weather has been imp- impacted a few systems, and we're working on the round the clock to get these problems resolved. Passengers are urged to check with their airline for the latest details and extra time, and leave extra time to get to uh, the Uttlesford hub. Um, so. We, I mean, we've seen this for a few weeks now. We've had some yes. really strong winds here in the UK. We have,
1: and a lot yeah. of the uh, country is uh, still uh, flooded and underwater. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's normally uh, snow, uh, which is causing problems at airports in this country, but um, the severe weather conditions that we're having at the moment, um, which seem to have uh, subsided for the time being until the next uh, front comes in, um, have actually had a big impact on uh, the whole of the UK's uh, flying in and uh, everything um,
0: there's been uh, been some quite interesting crosswind uh, yes. landings as well again. Yes, on, uh, I, and I must
1: admit, um, you're the same as me, and uh, you uh, love the crosswind landings. I know uh, safety is uh, paramount, but they are quite interesting and spectacular to watch because of you can see how well the pilots can control an aircraft in heavy winds mm. and how um, the ability for the aircraft to be manoeuvred uh, or come in sideways um, uh, or cross. Into wind onto the runway is quite quite interesting, and the amount of uh, beating that the actual aircraft takes on landing and the mm. and the throwing about from the uh, the actual wind going over the aircraft is quite sort of uh, interesting. But um, safety is always important, and sometimes uh, I say sometimes most of them land safely, but there are quite a few go arounds in this uh, high winds, and uh, if the pilot isn't too sure about it he will um uh take the aircraft and try again
0: yeah we posted a good video on facebook didn't we sorry yes. this week of uh a first choice seven six seven. 767 yes. that was uh, if you go on our facebook page you'll see uh, a video of a first choice 767 landing really heavily uh, i was quite <laughs> i was quite shocked i watched this video quite a few times actually and uh, it, it uh, hits the runway with quite some force. Yes, signed, it?
1: yes. and it's, just, it's quite amazing um, the amount of um, energy uh, an aircraft actually takes uh, when landing and taking off because the, the most important time for any uh, aircraft is take off and landing. That is when it is most vulnerable and um, they do have uh, quite sort of high limits, um, what they can do with the aircraft and push them to, and those yeah. hydraulics were amazing,
0: yeah. You could actually see the struts, couldn't you? The actual landing yes. struts compress yeah, and really, that, really heavily yes. down. Yes, um, and,
1: so, and sometimes when that does happen, um, on a smaller aircraft, I have seen uh, the aircraft being thrown onto the uh, runway and the uh, aircraft actually is undercarriage and wheels do actually collapse. I've seen that um, if you go on uh, YouTube one of the uh, military uh, planes at uh, Riyadh did actually uh, come down quite forcefully hard and his front undercarriage collapsed on landing. So that was quite spectacular to watch. That's on YouTube.
0: Yeah, We'll have to, uh, have to look on there and watch some more video. I do tend to spend a lot of time on YouTube looking yes. at aircraft aviation related yes, videos. Yes, yes,
1: well, on the same. And uh, <laughs> the airliner's net, that's another one that uh, I enjoy. Uh, if uh, you are interested in pictures of aircraft, and uh, they do have a good search on search engine on this. Uh, type in the aircraft or the airline or what you uh, are looking for, and it comes up, and it will give you the date, the time, the airport, um, the registration numbers, and uh, more more information as well on that. So that is a good uh, site to look at.
0: Yeah, not forgetting the Aviation Herald as well. Yes, 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 definitely. That's another one that we use quite a bit as well. So next piece of news then from PT Online. This is uh, regarding Pakistan International Airlines pilot landing an aircraft at Heathrow Airport despite being refused um, by the control tower. The uh, Pakistan International Airlines PIA pilot put the lives of 70 passengers at stake Uh, last sunday as he landed the aircraft at london Heathrow's airport in london despite being refused by the control tower according to sources the control tower denied the request of landing by the aircraft in the city due to weather conditions however the pilot insisted on landing the aircraft in london as the medical condition of a passenger was deteriorating he kept flying the aircraft in the skies of London despite the bad weather and also wasted fuel worth millions of pounds or dollars. The control tower was kept sending okay, the control tower kept sending the message to the PIA pilot to divert the aircraft towards Manchester or Leeds. However, the pilot's request was finally accepted after an hour and he was allowed to land the plane in rough conditions. After the landing, the aircraft was searched for 40 minutes by London Metropolitan Police and the passengers were finally allowed to leave the plane after being cleared. Britain's Civil Aviation has warned PIA to hold a proper investigation against the pilot of the fact that he landed the aircraft despite the rough conditions and added that the medical care could have been provided in Manchester or Leeds if the pilot had landed the plane there.
1: Well, it's a strange one, this is, why have they refused, did it actually refuse him to land there?
0: I think they refused to, to land because of the landing conditions at, at, at Heathrow were, were that, it, it would not, it was out of minimums, you know, it was, yes. it, it was yes. um, uh, too dangerous to land the aircraft, but I think, <laughs> I mean, I would have thought that in a, in a medical emergency, <laughs> if uh, the pilot you know, was felt competent enough to to bring the aircraft in safely enough, even in rough weather, that they would allow him to do it. But obviously not on this occasion. Yes,
1: yeah, it's quite strange. Um, um, but obviously, the control tower do have uh, all the weather reports, and which are relayed um, to the uh, aircraft in the area. And if yeah, the weather they- is bad, and it's outside the juris- jurisdiction, if I say that right, <laughs> pronounce that. Um, you know, they have total control. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but they uh, landed a safely anyway. Um, uh, and uh, as a report says, I mean that the the, uh, the file pictures show uh, that's triple uh, seven. That is uh, with seventy passengers. It's not not uh, not no. a huge amount of passengers on there really. No, seventy no. people. And
1: uh, look, <clears throat> look, looking at the picture, they've got the uh, emergency chute open. Does that look like the emergency chute mm, you? No,
0: there are stairs. They're definitely you can see the little. Um, oh yes, yes. Sorry. Yeah um yes yeah, not not definitely not a full
1: and, uh, aircraft and the uh it looks as though it's um away from the actual terminal so yeah. like a, a, a sort of uh an area of the taxiway. yes or just off the apron uh the main uh, terminal yeah.
0: so uh you'll have to uh have or just a look at that one if you if you uh want to on uh the pt uh website on the news there um Obviously, everything everything was okay. The aircraft obviously landed fine, and um, there will be an investigation as to uh, why. But I'm sure that the pilot will be uh, let off, I'd have of thought, Simon. Yes, yes. So next piece of news then is on the Business Traveller website. This is regarding uh, some good news. We've got some good news here. For, for those of you, including me and Simon, who are going to Farnborough this year... Uh, Qatar Airways are to display their Airbus A380 at Farnborough. Uh, Qatar Airways is planning to steal the limelight at this year's Farnborough International Airshow with a lavish four-aircraft display. In addition to its newly delivered A380 at the Doha base, um, which got there, was delivered in July, it will be showing off its forthcoming Airbus A350. And it's newish Boeing 787 Dreamliner. It's a shame they couldn't have brought me home the other day on a Dreamliner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, they're going to be previewing one of their long standing Airbus A320s as well. This is according to uh, flightglobal.com. Um, the Airbus A380, of which Qatar has 13 on order, marks its return to the first class market. Right now, details of accommodation uh, for the Super jumbo remain closely a guarded secret, but Qatar promises to offer a luxurious first class cabin. Um, Qatar has ordered no fewer than 80 Airbus A350s and was the launch customer for the large twin engined uh, wide body plane, which appeared at uh, last month's Singapore Airshow. The Airbus A350 is expected to enter service with Qatar later this year, uh, with a further nine aircraft arriving in 2015, and it's uh, designed for both medium and long-haul routes. Already well-known to readers in the uh, technically advanced Boeing 787, of which Qatar has brought 60. Configuration in business class is a spacious 1-2-1 layout uh, and and a not-so-impressive cabin judging by feedback is the tighter 333 layout in economy cabin along with a 16.9 inch wide seats um so that's good news for Farnborough this year then yeah so us.
1: so does, that looks am i reading this right that we're going to possibly see four a380s flying together in the sky
0: well there'll be definitely one there'll be the Qatar one there i'm i'm fairly i'm hoping that uh airbus will bring their um their uh, demo or their their um, test um, 380. Yeah, go. test bed aircraft, yes. Yeah, that would be good. Yes, because
1: um, there is a new, I um, saw on one of the uh, I think, uh, Facebook pages or or a website, they've got a more updated uh, A380, which is a, uh, a longer version. They give you two pictures of the one that is in service at the moment, and then there's a stretched version, and it gives you the configuration of each section of the aircraft and how it's joined together and it holds it's just a little bit bigger um i saw that and that was quite interesting so i haven't seen any more about that but i'll have to look into that um but uh, i've seen the a380 flying about but i haven't been on one um so i'm really looking forward to this and uh it will be something uh that i will uh or can't wait to see and uh, do so. Uh.
0: Yeah, the Airbus A 800 which is the um, one that's most in service now. There is a nine hundred series, which yes. is a lot longer.
1: Yes, um, that, that is that that isn't in service yet. Is, it, is it? No, I'm just trying to find some um,
0: some information on that. Um, can't find anything online about that, but there are there is a it, there is a, de- a designated Airbus A three eighty stretch. Um. So this with a uh, stretched economy deck.
1: Yes. So this uh, aircraft uh, will uh, be coming into service, uh, and it's just—I don't know how much bigger it, it actually is, but it's just slightly bigger than the uh, one that's out at the moment. So we'll look into that a bit yeah. more and give you uh, um, uh, more information uh, and updates as we get it.
0: So next piece of news from the Mail Online. This one is uh, regarding EasyJet, a flight uh, landing in in high winds again, as we were talking about earlier. Um, This one is showing dramatic pictures uh, from the moment an EasyJet plane was forced to abandon a landing after a huge gust of wind tipped its wing towards the runway. Uh, The aircraft wings were four or five feet from the ground at Luton Airport and the photographer said he thought the plane was going to hit the ground. The plane then had to perform a go-around before heading off to Stansted. The EasyJet aircraft had to abort its landing just seconds before it touched down because it was caught by a huge gust of wind. The Airbus A320 was in the final moments of its approach at Luton when the pilot was forced to bring the wheels up and go around. Um, He had to overshoot because of the high winds. And the pictures, um, if you go on to uh, the Mail Online website, there's some pictures been taken of the aircraft by the photographer as it was coming at the land. They're quite dramatic pictures. Um, you can actually, you know, see just how close uh, the aircraft was to pitching, you know, with a, with a wing up ring right down onto the uh, runway yes. caused by the wind.
1: No, that, that is quite dramatic. That looks like... He's actually doing a uh, air show with this for yeah. a display, doesn't it? Because it is really dramatic. How uh, high would you say he's off the ground there? I, I'm Literally
0: feet. I mean, yeah, The, the wingtips look probably sort of you know, five, six, seven feet off the ground, yes. if that. Um, yes. After it was caught by the by the gust of wind, um, so the aircraft obviously up, uh, you know, uh, wheels up and uh, overshot and went straight to Stansted for a safe landing. But this uh, this is obviously you know something we've had quite a bit in the last yes, few weeks in the UK yes. because of the strong winds yes. we've had. I've
1: never known uh, any uh, winds uh, like uh, what we've had uh, this year. No. Um, I'm just thinking of these uh, photos. It's got a share on here. I think we should uh, possibly post them uh, to our plane spot and. Uh,
0: yeah, we'll have to uh, put. We'll put the link to this story on uh, on our web on our Facebook page. Um, yes,
1: um, because uh, to look at these pictures um, is quite um, they're quite dramatic pictures that. Um, in the Uh, Photographer's done a a lovely job, and uh, just I suppose being at an airport on a windy day is um, is going to show some uh, great photos of aircraft landing and uh, crosswind landings.
0: Yeah, perhaps we should give up our jobs, Simon, and just become uh, aircraft photographers. No, that would be (laughs) that would be nice. Well, I'll I'll uh, try and win the lottery tonight, Simon. Yes, okay. I'll see what I can do for you. Okay, so next piece of news then from the Today website. This is regarding um, British Airways with its Airbus A380 uh, because they're going to start their trips to Singapore soon. And their BA are fairly confident that they'll be able to fill their A380s to maximum capacity when it introduces the um, aircraft onto its London-Singapore route in October this year. And they're saying they're going to have so much demand from passengers to travel on the uh, route and on the A380 that they're not going to have to um, reduce their seat uh, costs at all for the seat ticket prices. Um, The British carrier will see its weekly seat capacity on its uh, London-Singapore service increase by 12.5% when it debuts the double-decker Airbus A380 here later this year. The massive aircraft is already flying to Los Angeles and Hong Kong and Johannesburg and will start services to Washington in September as well. Flying direct three times a week from October the 28th this year, the Airbus A380 London-Singapore route will yield more than 4,000 extra seats a month. Uh, and it currently flies the Singapore to London route twice a day with Boeing 747s and triple sevens. So the three eighty service will not uh, add more flights, but instead replace some of those seven four seven flights. Um, so that's that's good. That's good news then, really for um, for for BA, but not so much good news for us because we've got still got to pay full price for tickets. Yes, aren't. which is
1: a shame. Um, but um, I know if I. Um Fly. I'd uh, be flying Singapore Airlines because they are one of the best uh, airlines in the world. So and they've got three eight
0: as well. Yes, so, they have. yep. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, so you, you can you can fly them. Got a and, uh, so next piece of news. Moving on, then is uh, on the Traverse City website, Travel Mole, and this is uh, about uh, a supersonic aircraft, uh, new supersonic jet aircraft, and designers are now uh, coming to uh, the uh, the. Theory that they're going to do do away with having windows on supersonic aircraft to make them fly faster. So uh, Spike Aerospace has said that it will replace cabin windows with thin display screens embedded in the walls of aircraft. The company says windows add more weight to aircraft, and not having them will reduce drag and make aircraft go quicker. And instead of a window, cameras recording outside the aircraft will display pictures on screens, which passengers will be able to watch or dim um, to uh, viewing (coughs) images uh, of the outside. Spike Aerospace, based in Boston in the US, claims it will launch the first supersonic S512 supersonic business jet in 2018, with the capability to reach destinations in half the time it currently takes. For example, passengers will be able to fly from New York to London in three to four hours and from Los Angeles to Tokyo in eight hours. A company statement said that we expect our first customers for the jet uh, will be business uh, people and their management teams that need to manage global operations more efficiently, thereby able to reach their destinations faster, evaluate more opportunities and have a bigger impact on enterprise. What do you reckon then, Simon? Uh, supersonic uh, aircraft yeah, with no windows?
1: Yes. Um, I don't know whether I agree with that um, or how that would work. I don't know whether I'd feel claustrophobic. But um, it sounds um, nice to be able to um, hopefully uh, have It's all going to be a smaller aircraft, a supersonic aircraft, back in uh, the skies again after the uh, – retirement of concords but um it's only a business jet so i wouldn't imagine it'll be a no it's not going to be a, a large, no 380 <laughs> a, a large aircraft similar size to concorde or the a380 um but even so um if that gets popular i suppose they could make a big one
0: can you imagine a supersonic Airbus a380 <laughs> no no i cannot <laughs> I, 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 what an awesome aircraft
1: <laughs> you're in the wrong job Perhaps you i should know design I should be aircraft. designing aircraft yeah <laughs>
0: Or, 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 or what would be good a, a supersonic 737 yes that, oh wow that I mean can you imagine traveling to somewhere like you know, uh France or Italy on on a supersonic you'd be up and down just like yeah.
1: a, a bike ride or a, a bus ride <laughs> in <into> town
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that'd be brilliant we'll have to uh, we'll have to put that one forward to um to Spike Aerospace and see what they think of that one um so yeah keep your eyes open on that one supersonic uh, jet aircraft so uh yeah, making things even more faster. So, next piece of news then is uh, from the BBC News website, and uh, this one is uh, marking the end of an era for the Douglas DC 10, McDonnell Douglas DC 10 aircraft. The last passenger one made its last international trip um, last week. The final international flight of a DC-10 passenger aircraft has landed in Birmingham. It marks the last such journey for the three-engine plane, which first went into service in 1971. The flight departed Dakar, uh, or sorry, Dakar, I should say, at uh, 0300 GMT on Thursday and landed at Birmingham Airport at 1755 GMT. Byman Bangladesh Airlines, the last commercial carrier to use the DC-10, said it was retiring the aircraft and replacing it with newer planes. The aircraft, carrying 35 passengers who had brought special tickets for the trip, stopped to refuel in Kuwait at around 9.45 GMT before embarking on the final leg of its journey to Birmingham. Plane enthusiast Gordon Stretch who travelled from Solihull to be on the flight said the journey had been absolutely wonderful. There was a great atmosphere on board and the crew were fully in the spirit he said. It was a very very long day but great fun. Byman will run a series of one-hour pleasure flights for enthusiasts from Birmingham Airport over the weekend with the last trip scheduled for 1500 GMT on Monday. An airline spokesman said it's it's a fitting end for the aircraft that has served Byman loyally and well for many, many years. The DC-10s have been used as passenger planes for over 40 years and continue to be employed for cargo and military uses. They have been, uh, they've been involved in several high-profile crashes over the years and were temporarily grounded by the U.S. Federal Aviation Authority in 1979. But enthusiasts who lovingly describe the DC-10 as workhorse say that it was one of the planes that paved the way for mass long-haul travel. So that end of an era then for the DC-10. Yes,
1: yes, uh, I've been on uh, many a times. Uh, I've been on uh, KLM and Northwest. Um, and one or two other airlines. Um, when I was uh, a youngster, National Airlines.
0: National, yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: which is an American uh, airline, uh, which had the uh, two-tone uh, Sun logo on the tail, and uh, was a white aircraft. Uh, I'm just remembering the livery on this, um, was, um, which I enjoyed and enjoyed flying. Uh, but um, towards the last couple of times I flew, um, bad reports. Uh, the thing, the plane has. Run its time now, and was getting old, and uh, there was a lot of vibration. It was quite noisy on board. Um, have you ever flown the uh, C ten?
0: I, I think as a child, and um, my father would probably have to put me right in this, but I think as a child I flew on the track, um Laker, Laker. I'm pretty sure, yeah, <coughs> yes, DC yep. ten. Um, I can't quite remember. It's probably when I was very young. Yes. Um, since then, I've been on the Tri-Star AC, So it's um, it's. <laughs> <laughs> you knew I'd have to say something yes, about the yes, Tristar. Yes, I did, there. yes. <laughs> yes,
1: um, one of the times I came back, they had a special promotion uh, on what they'd done on the aircraft, and they had uh, it had Northwest Airlines livery on one side of the aircraft and KLM on the other, uh, which was uh, quite interesting, and uh, that was quite strange. I felt as though I was on two uh, different aircraft, but um, that was quite uh, uh, memorable uh, flight, but as I said, uh, towards the, the last few times that I flew on it, was quite a noisy plane, and they were being upgraded um, with the screens because some, some still had the overhead screens. um was uh, quite sort of outdated now.
0: I'm mm. well, just looking at the pictures <coughs> on here, I, I can see the um, Northwestern KLM DC 10. Yes. Yeah, I've got it in front of me here, look, with the
1: tile yes. and the. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've actually been on that one. Yeah. <coughs> Yes
0: yeah, so so end of an era then poor old DC10 but like we said like <coughs> DS or well, the news said that they'll, they'll still be used um but yeah. as a cargo and yeah. um I mean there's a, there are quite a lot of cargo here. um FedEx like, yeah, yeah a big I one FedEx, uh, yeah.
1: I don't know uh, whether UPS use one or they use a lot of um uh, small aircraft but I don't know if they actually... Just just
0: looking, Simon. Look at the um the interior cabin yes. shots. Now,
1: they are 19 that <sighs> is 1970s, <sighs> isn't it?
0: If if anyone if if you if you're on uh, on your uh computers at home, just um type in Byman um Airlines. I think it goes as uh, their interior cabin shots of the DC10. They've got the really retro 70s style uh what would you call those floral?
1: Yes, floral, floral seats. seats. And uh even looking at the um uh the sides of the aircraft around the wind the windows <laughs> window surrounds they look like flowers or they look, <laughs> if you can imagine the 1970s actual curtains and and design of a house it's very similar to that and looking at the curtains there as well um but they they're sort of um yellows greens and beiges those um but uh, as you can see this is um this d c ten with the uh, lady with the trolley cart um and They've got new TV screens in the back of the seats. So there's, it looks as though there's a TV screen right on the uh, yeah, side. Yeah, they used, of the, they used uh, to have the
0: projectors, didn't they? Projector yes, um, yes.
1: screens in the, in those aircraft. But um, it, it's quite old because we've got the curtains, um, which you can uh, see down the, the aisle there, which is uh, they don't normally have now in a no. lot of airlines <laughs> for security
0: reasons. <laughs> that's that's good. You have to look at that one. If you if like I said, if you go on the uh, BBC News website and you and you look up the. Um, the Biman Bangladesh Airlines last flight, you'll see the picture there um, what me and Simon are looking at of the interior of the cabin. It is, and the seat, I'll tell you what, some the seats look more comfortable than the seats that we're used to nowadays on yes, aircraft. Yes,
1: yes, yeah, they do. Uh, more padding. Yes, definitely more padding.
0: Do. So next piece of news then um, is about, uh, this is a piece of news that uh, Simon picked up on yes, before we um, start the show.
1: Yes, uh, I'd like to thank my uh, brother Dean uh, for picking up on this uh, bit of uh, information. He actually posted this uh, to my Facebook, um, and uh, we've talked about winglets um, in the past uh, saving fuel, but um, another addition uh, to uh, the aircraft uh, is uh, another winglet, um, which I've got one on the top and one on, uh, just uh, below it on yeah. the under
0: underside so this is united airlines their boeing 737 fleet getting new winglets to cut fuel costs by millions of dollars if you look at the winglets they're kind of they're, they're, they're like the sharklets that you see on uh, on the 737 800s but they've got the added addition of having um, another fin coming uh, below the wing yes. from the end so they're kind of a, a, a v <coughs> Would you call a V, sort of V-tail, would you yes, call on the end of yes, the wing? yeah. Mm.
1: But um, it's going to save even more money, which is uh, good for airlines, and hopefully uh, it'll slash the prices. Now, looking at this, um, they're trying it on the seven three seven eight hundred, 800 and uh, obviously it's got to be successful because they're going to be saving more fuel anyway. Uh, I can honestly see this being rolled out on other uh, aircraft, can't mm. you?
0: Yeah, yeah. They, the Boeing says that the uh, winglets are going to um, have fuel cut... Uh, cut uh, Full cot. Fuel costs cut by 2% um, across the whole fleet by fuel, and, but with fuel and stuff. And they're also um, putting them on the 7.5s seven and 7.6.7 seven fleets, um, a lot of which already have the la- last generation winglets installed. Um, airlines say that this will save them on average $200 million a year in fuel costs, which is incredible, really. It um,
1: is. It's a lot of money.
0: Just for a winglet.
1: It is. so um it's going to be paying for itself near enough straight away so uh it is a good idea I'm quite surprised that we haven't got smaller winglets on the uh, rear uh um, tail uh, wing on the stabilizer well, and yes, stuff like yeah yes, yeah, yeah at the be moment to see uh just um yeah. on there so but
0: who knows um, who knows so that was the last piece of news then for this week um we're keeping the show uh bit um shorter this week because both me and Simon have got loads of stuff to do today yes we, Simon? yes busy weekend but we wanted to get together today just to, to uh get a show out to you um as we like to don't we Simon? yes we
1: like uh, to, uh, yes and we've got a few more pieces coming up shortly about the red arrows and the uh voyager
0: um that's
1: what we definitely have
0: so we're going to bring those bits of news um bits and pieces to you after this So Simon's going to bring you some uh, some bits and pieces military stuff and uh, some air show news as well. So if you're ready to rock and roll Simon. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with the military and air show news. <laughs> So, with his military
1: and airshow news, hand you over to Simon. Thanks very much, Carlos. Um, the first piece of news we've got here is uh, incident uh, involving the British uh, fleet of uh, the uh, Voyager, and it plummeted uh, two thousand feet while carrying uh, troops. And now, this uh, happened uh, uh, while it was uh, it had a hundred and eighty-one military to Afghanistan suffered an incident in Turkey airspace. Based on first reports, the Royal Air Force's modified Airbus A330 multi-role tanker transport was overflying Turkey on Sunday night when it suddenly plummeted um, 2,000 feet. And there was one or two minor injuries um, from the um, people on board, uh, personnel. And uh, they've decided to suspend uh, all Voyager um, operations uh, for the time being until this is investigated uh, more. So uh, it's quite... um, that's quite a dramatic uh, suspension of the aircraft, considering that VC-10s have just been withdrawn. Yeah. And uh, your favourite aircraft is the only really uh, one that's still in service and still flying uh, while these are grounded, which is the Tristar. So it's uh, quite... Um,
0: and it's a new aircraft, reasonably yeah. new. First flew in June 2007, the Voyager. Yes, um, yes.
1: So um, I don't know whether they're actually... Because this was just a few weeks ago. I don't know whether they're actually flying... uh again yeah but I would imagine um uh they've done the right thing here by uh, doing this because uh this co- could have uh, by grounding them, avert a disaster but to uh, fall 2000 feet out of the sky and uh, have uh, some of the passengers injured is uh, quite a scary thing really isn't it
0: yeah I mean that was that was, that was bringing <coughs> 181 um afghan um you know uh, army chaps home from from the from the uh, you know Afghan zone, yes, yes, uh, coming home. So um, you know, it's not not good at all, really. No, it?
1: no, no. So that's quite scary. Anyway, as we approach um, the end of uh, February, things are hotting up on the airshow uh, season. Um, and uh, as we sort of talk, if you do need to find out more information, uh, look on the Flightline UK, which is um, website, which is www.airshows.org.uk org. and this will give you a month by month. Um, breakdown of uh, what is going on and the link to each uh, air show and also, this is a thing which I uh, like about this Uh, I use this quite a lot you get the sat nav postcode so if you are intending to go to the air show uh, you're looking at it is uh, actually printed here in red at the last uh, little sentence of the actual air show or or where it is uh, going to be so it's quite a, a good uh, one to be, and the first air shows, believe it or not, are in April, uh, and we've got two. We've got one. It's a Wings, Wheels, and Rotors, which is Wolverhampton Halfpenny Green Airport, Staffordshire, featuring vintage vehicles, vin- uh, visiting aircraft from all over the UK, and the show is getting bigger each year. 2014 is set to be bigger than last year, with bookings coming in already from pilots, drivers, and trade stands, so that looks good. And one I haven't ever been to, but I've heard a lot about, and a lot of people talk about, is Old Buckingham, and that's not far away from us, is it? No, that's not too far. Um, And they have uh, one or two air shows about uh, during the year, so that is uh, quite a a well worth uh, a visit out to, because you get a lot of aircraft from Duxford and uh, other places there. but. I'm not going to go th- in uh, too much detail on each uh, month because uh, we can talk about that more in depth as uh, we get closer to each uh, the uh, coming air shows but a lot of the bigger air shows are now confirming lots more aircraft and uh, and as we uh, head towards the air show season uh, obviously they're going to be filling up quite fast now mm. as we approach um, as as we approach it so that is something to look forward to and and on the final uh, piece uh, for this podcast the Red Arrows have announced their display dates and venues for their fiftieth uh, year. So, um, if you uh, wish to find out the Red Arrows' actual um, display dates um, and links to each of the uh, areas that they'll be displaying at, um, you can go onto their Red Arrows uh, website, uh, it's the refredarrows.gov.uk, and you can find there. And also. Um, we've put the pictures up, uh, or have put the pictures up on our podcast site. Of the new tail fin, yeah. I was, it's, I was it's, just looking at that on
0: Facebook. It's, it's stunning, isn't it? it? Really good. It
1: really is. Yes, hmm. um, we uh, talked about this a little while uh, before in our, one of our other podcasts, and uh, looked at this uh, when they just had the blue tail fin. They've now unveiled the complete aircraft for its fiftieth birthday, which it looks looks like a Union Jack, and it's got the uh, the fallen gnat which was a previous aircraft that the Red Arrow is displayed with, and the uh, Hawk, and um, they're actually inside the actual flag itself, and uh, it's well and truly designed and fits the aircraft quite um, lovely, doesn't it?
0: That is good, yeah. I, I, I looked at the pictures that you posted on Facebook. If you go on the Facebook uh, our Facebook page, you'll see the pictures of the tail and that on there, and... Um, it's been done really well, in its science. Yes,
1: and uh, the uh, unveiling of it, it was um, even uh, nicer. And there are pictures there as well. A massive flag, and uh, the pilots um, were kept in the dark as well because it was the first time that they'd seen the aircraft fully um, uh, with its new tail, and they pulled the uh, flag off and had a proper uh, ceremony to unveil it, and uh, and it must have been quite exciting and so I'm looking forward to getting some lovely pictures of that um, the Hawks and the Red Arrows uh, about during the display season. And uh, also, they are actually uh, coming to this area of East Anglia um, because I've uh, just had a look on the website. There's three places that will be coming to in East Anglia. That I know of a Clacton air show. Um, That's later on in the year. Uh, the Chroma Carnival, uh, they have making a return on their 50th birthday. That is a lovely uh, display to, to watch if ever, any... Uh, uh, listeners uh, love um, love sort of being on the coast because their displays on the uh, coast and by the sea are always uh, good to watch, aren't they? Mm,
0: yeah, definitely. I- uh,
1: and I know the pilots love uh, and enjoy uh, performing at the seaside uh, resorts. But Cromer is um, quite a nice, um, nice part area, of the country. It is on the North Norfolk coast, and uh, obviously uh, Duxford as well. Um, but you'll be at, um, I think you'll be uh, at Seething, won't you?
0: Yeah, I'll be at Seething. Uh, we've got our Seething Air Show. Um, dates off the top of my head here.
1: That's towards um, September, I think, around the 13th or 14th or whatever. Yeah,
0: I think. I'll, I'm just going to have a quick look.
1: If you can uh, hear that clicking, I think that may <laughs> be the cat. Yeah. Poppy the cat. Yeah. Carlos, my- <laughs> Carlos and Gemma's cat <laughs> is uh, just uh, giving us a little bit of uh, information there. Uh,
0: yeah, she's she's coming to give us our uh, our aviation news for, from from the cat's point of view. Yes, they week.
1: sounded like the uh, flaps of the the, the undercarriage <laughs> has just come down on the aircraft, and we must be coming into land shortly. I think she is. She's coming coming into <laughs> land to eat her food. I think, yeah. No, see, seething, seething is on the seventh of September this yes, year. Yes, the seventh, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think. Uh, Duxford, us just have a quick look here. Um. Uh, what uh, time, because I know the uh, Duxford air shows are, are throughout the year so um but I um <coughs> they the only thing is uh some some air shows do clash and uh <coughs> excuse me that that um does unfortunately happen. Um so uh I don't exactly know uh, which um when Duxford one is but it's around the same time as seething but um we'll find out more. In depth, at a later date. Excuse me, I'm just uh, choking Simon, here. Simon's coughing. <clears throat> Are you all right there, Simon? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So that is uh, it for now. Sorry, it's short and sweet on the air shows. Uh, we're short for time today, um, but as uh, we go into the air show season or the coming uh, air show season of uh, 2014, I will keep you all up to date. Updated on every air show around the whole of the UK. Yeah, and uh, if you do need any more information. Uh, Look on the Flightline uh, UK website and uh, just type in uh, air shows UK, and you will get a long list of things there. And um, I will try and keep you posted. Any questions you have about any air shows or any aircraft, do uh, let us know. And uh, also, um, we are going to have our uh, we have aircraft which we voted for, uh, our listeners voted for. I've got that ready to go. Right, okay. Yeah. I'll, uh, sorry, I'm taking your slot. <laughs> no, you're fine. I'm, you're I'm, fine. Taking, I'm taking your slot, so I'll <laughs> we'll leave that to you.
0: No, you're fine, Simon. No, you're, um, You can stay here all day if the, you like.
1: I'd love to. Yeah, um, But I'll hand that uh, to you, Carlos.
0: Yeah, so we're going to start with our, our new slot then in the week, the weekly focus slot. This is um, uh, aircraft chosen by you, our listeners, via um, Facebook and emails as well. And if you remember, a few weeks ago, I posted on uh, Facebook and we also mentioned on the show the four aircraft uh, that you could uh, vote for. And we would do a a short weekly focus slot on that aircraft to give you some information and facts on the aircraft. So on Facebook, then, we'd like to just quick thanks to Lynn, um, Tim Hitchcock, Daniel Hannington, Kathleen Wultorton as well, Achim Greenman and Philip Martinsky who all put their thoughts and comments on, plus some others we had as well via email. And I can say that the winning aircraft (laughs) for this week uh, (coughs) was the Boeing 737-800. So we're going to kick off then with our in-focus aircraft for this week, the Boeing 737-800. So, the 737-800 series is the best-selling version of the next-generation 737 family, known for its reliability, fuel efficiency, economy and performance. The 800 series has been selected by leading carriers throughout the world because of its proven uh, flexibility and its ability to serve a wide range of markets. The single-aisle jet, which can seat between 162 and 189 passengers, can fly 260 nautical miles further um, and consume 7% less fuel while carrying 12 more passengers than the competing model. The 800 series was launched on September 5, 1994, with commitments from customers from over 40 airlines. The first delivery was to German carrier Hapag Lloyd in spring 1998, And on March 13, 1998, the 737-800 earned type certification from the U.S. Federal Aviation Administration. JAA type validation of the 737-800 followed on April 9, 1998. The 800 series, along with other models of the next generation 737 family, the 600, 700 and 900 ER, offer a modern flight deck using the largest um, flat screen panel display technology. (coughs) Airlines can also choose to provide their flight crews with either the latest display format common with the 777 or opt for data format commonality that was on the 737 uh, earlier models. The flight deck equipped with optional technologies such as vertical situation displays which show the current and predicted flight path of the aircraft and indicate potential conflicts with terrain and also some aircraft can have the ability to have head-up displays which provide... Um, pilots with eye-level flight information safety and information on the aircraft flying capabilities. Also, the 737 is the first commercial jet certified for ground positioning system landings which use satellite technology to make ground landings more efficient and accurate and more environmentally friendly. So, technical specs on the 737-800 then. So, on a typical two-class configuration, uh, ...can seat 162 passengers... ...in a typical one-class configuration... ...can seat 189 passengers... ...it can carry 1,555 cubic feet of cargo... ...it's powered by CFM 56-7 engines... ...providing 27,300 pounds of thrust... ...it can carry 6,875 US gallons... ...or 26,020 litres of fuel... The maximum takeoff weight is 174,200 pounds or 79,010 kilos. The maximum range is 3,115 nautical miles or 5,765 kilometers. And the typical cruise speed at 35,000 feet is 0.785 Mach. The wingspan is 112 feet 7 inches or 34.3 meters. And with the winglets, will increase the wingspan to 117 feet 5 inches or 35.8 meters. The overall length of the aircraft is 129 feet 6 inches or 39.5 meters, and the tail height is 41 feet 2 inches or 12.5 meters, with a cabin width of 11 feet 7 inches. We're all 3.53 metres. So there we are. Some information on our chosen aircraft, our in-focus aircraft this week, the 737-800 series. A popular aircraft flown um, by a lot of airlines, as we said. I've flown on them. Yes, Simon? Yes, I've uh, flown you've on flown them.
1: on and them. And uh, my brother's flown on them as well uh, quite a lot of times uh, from Norwich Airport um, to uh, sort of Spain and other places in the Grand Canary Um I think he's, uh, flown at Air Europa, is it? Air Europa, that's it, yes, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. uh, fly the... Uh, um, so it's quite... Um, I say, it's not that old of a... Um, just about 20 years.
0: That's it, yeah. You know,
1: yeah, it's... Um, I thought it would be a lot younger than that, but um, that's, uh, that's the workhorse at the moment. They may uh, bring a 900 out, you never know. There is a
0: 900 series, yeah. Oh, there is? There is. Oh, yeah, there's a 900 I series. I uh, realise. Yeah, the 900 series, well, we can't really go into huge depth on that, but... Uh,
1: is that actually in service?
0: That's in service, that's uh, classes and extended range version. So
1: that, that, uh, that means... Uh, extended range is that the stre- is that a stretched version it's or? slightly
0: longer yeah and it's got uh, like I said it's, it's a lot longer range aircraft Um just quickly pulling the figures up here Uh if I can yeah it's the longest one the, the 900 series is the longest uh, 737 it's capable of carrying 180 passengers um, but is certified um, for up to 220 in a one-class layout. So that's quite a lot, isn't it, for a Yeah, that
1: is. That's, um, you're heading towards uh, the big uh, aircraft uh, stats on that.
0: So there we are. That goes. That's our in-focus aircraft for this week. Then we're going to post uh, some military aircraft um, on the page. Simon's going to uh, come up with a list of his four chosen military aircraft. We'll put them on Facebook as soon as we can, and we'll get those on there and we'll uh, have them on uh, an, uh, a forthcoming show. Yes, um, and I,
1: also I'm still uh, <laughs> um, sorting out my uh, top ten uh, military uh, or aircraft, so I will get back to you on that. Uh, just bear with us.
0: Yeah, so we're going to just uh, finish a show with some of our listener uh, listener mail and stuff. So uh, are you ready to do some listener mail, Simon, yes, before you uh, go? Yes, let's go. Right. So we have had uh, some feedback um, via email and uh, we'd like to say thanks to Jeff Kratzenberg. He left us some uh, voice feedback. I think we mentioned him on the last podcast. And we've also had some from Philip. Uh, Philip doesn't uh, give us his uh, surname, but Philip, you'll know who you are. Um, He writes uh, a short uh, message to us, Simon. He says, hi, guys. Thanks for the podcast. It was really good hearing uh, Captain Jeff co-host the other week. Uh, A few bits of feedback for you. Last summer, I took my four-year-old son to the Bruntingthorpe Airshow. It was one of the best aviation-related days out I've ever done. Although there were no flying displays, um, actually a Spitfire did do a flypast, there was plenty of noise as uh, they uh, got the old iron out and fired them up and done fast taxi runs and full power runs down the runway. There was also a Victor Buccaneer uh, and a VC-10, I think, and, of course, the Lightning was there as well uh when that thing goes down the runway with full reheat it shakes and rumbles you to the very core yes that, very cool yes yes uh there are also plenty of static aircraft that you can go inside including uh the huge four-engine turboprop beluga uh which they use for carrying airframe components and he i can't remember how uh, now when it's called but it's huge um an aircraft my son loved it and he'll definitely be going again this year uh, with both his children. Uh, Secondly, uh, he writes on the email as well that he's curious to know what equipment that uh, you use to record a podcast and how much it costs and how much time it takes to produce and edit a podcast. He's a commercial pilot, and uh, he's been toying with the idea for quite a while of producing a podcast focused on flight safety. What do you guys think? Cheers. Thanks, Philip. So Philip thanks for your email uh, good to hear you've been visiting air shows with uh, the children that's very good yes
1: that you- bruntingthorpe uh, air show um i think it's uh, possibly uh, i think we're going to add to our diary uh, this year or perhaps next year um yes but getting back on the uh, safety yeah uh, i think uh, that's a good uh, uh point uh, to possibly uh, talk about uh, aircraft safety and uh, there is quite a lot of uh, things you do need for a, to do a podcast we've got yeah got the technical man here yeah he's that's, uh, my other co-pilot his he'll uh, tell you what uh, you actually need yeah
0: so basically <laughs> i mean to record this podcast um i mean i i learned off um of the likes of um um captain jeff and uh, max flight from the airplane gigs <clears throat> podcast and the airline pilot guy podcast um they help me sort of uh sort of um ascertain what equipment i need um i mean just to sort of run through quickly, me and Simon, we've got a laptop each, haven't we, Yes, uh, we have. Uh, we've got two um, Behringer C1 microphones, which you can get uh, online. They're brilliant microphones, aren't they, Simon? <clears throat> yes, really, they are. They really are. clear, yes. um, excellent um, microphones, condenser microphones. Um, we use uh, a Behringer um, mixer uh, deck, which is XENT uh, xenyx one hundred and two FX Behringer mixer, which uh, our microphones go into. Yes, uh, you can adjust the the levels and stuff and uh, add effects. Um, which, being Simon, to play with in the past, we? yes, so we yes. can hit this button here and we can go instantly to a church. Hello, hello. Are we are we in a church? Yes, we seem as though we are. It's it's very very dark in here.
1: <laughs> it is a bit spooky.
0: So you can add effects like this, or we can just go back to sounding how we normally do. Yes, that's better. <laughs> that's better. Yes. <laughs> so you can do things like that, uh, and obviously we have um, just a. a, a a full display monitor, which is um, connected up to Simon's laptop, which uh, shows us all our news feeds and um, bits and pieces, so we can uh, pick and choose what news we have on the show.
1: Yes, we haven't got an on-air/off-air um, light. We did think of—we no. uh, are toying <laughs> with that idea because we do keep getting interrupted at certain times, not just by not, the cat. Not today, though. Yeah, not just or by the cat. Yeah, uh, yeah. just by the cat, but by yeah, uh, people coming and going uh, from our studio, from our kitchen studio. That's it. Uh, yes. Yeah. So it's—it's it's not a huge. amount
0: of equipment, I mean to to put together. Um, it's good to have a good microphone. Um, that's what I was taught by, um, by by the other guys. You know, you've got you've got to have a decent microphone. The, the Behringer C one's brilliant. Um, there are the right microphones out there as well, condenser ones which you can use. Um, price wise, um, it depends really. I mean, the the um, company I use for our server, Libsyn, brilliant, fantastic. Um, company libsyn.com um you can uh, look on on their website uh actually um they are at www.libsyn which is l-i-b-s-y-n.com uh they're a podcast hosting service really easy to use um excellent um, swift um publication of your podcast easy to upload easy to understand Um, their price and plans are very reasonable uh, a month. Um, uh, I think me and Simon pay about £12 a month, something along those lines. And uh, that's about it. That's all you need to publicise your podcast. They'll upload it onto iTunes for you and uh, you can add your comments and stuff for each show. It's very easy. And um, if uh, you wanted the website, um, there's a very good um, company that I use for both my business and for our website and uh, they are godaddy.com um, I'm uh, just trying to find out the actual web address for that I've got it here somewhere, here we are yeah, if you go to uh, uk.godaddy.com godaddy as in G-O. D-A-D-D-Y, GoDaddy, they're a great little uh, website uh, site, you can uh, go on there and pay um, a one-off fee, which is not a lot at all, Uh, you can have your own domain name, as in your um, actual address, ours being www.plaintalkinguk.com, you can have your own one of them, and they supply the full uh, website producing um, program, uh, very easy to use again it's really really is I mean you know i I spent a little while and um, produced um our website using their program and uh, like I said you pay a one off fee for a year has your domain and everything and uh, you can update or edit the website as and when you want to um publish new stuff add pages and yeah like i said it's it's we we do this each week um you know and it's um you know it costs us a few quid a month but yes we, we enjoy it don't we yes son? we do we enjoy yep. it yes there's so, all
1: there's always something to talk about um, yes no matter
0: what so that's about it um um for information for you uh philip about how to produce a podcast um if you want any more questions at all just just uh, email us again if you've got any more questions at all but uh, i think it'd be good to have another podcast focused on flight safety that'd be good it? yes yeah, definitely yes definitely um So that was that piece of feedback from Philip. We've also had quite a few more followers add us on Facebook. Um, You know who you are. Um, There's uh, quite a new. We've got um, forty eight, I think. We've got now following us on Facebook. Need some more. So if you're listening to us, if you are listening to us, I know you're listening to us in many different countries. Do look for us on Facebook at Plain Talking UK Podcast. Like us on the page, and um, we'll give you a mention on the show. Um, and that is about all. I think we've got time for this week, yeah, so I need to, let you, need to let you fly away. Yes, um,
1: yes uh, time, uh, time's uh, precious today. Um, yes. Weekend. We've got a busy yes. week next week, so uh, I need to get going.
0: Yes, so we're going to bring the podcast to a close end for this week, uh, the Plane Talking UK podcast, episode number 12. Uh, we're going to get back... Uh, Hopefully, uh, end of next week, um, all being well with Simon to record uh, another show and bring you some more news as well. And uh, like I said, keep your eyes, uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Uh, you never know what's flying above you, do you? Simon? No, eyes to the sky for definitely. Eyes definite, to the sky definite, for definitely.
1: Um, any uh, aircraft you're not sure about, um, always email us uh, with your sort of uh, information about about it. If uh, and we'll try and answer all the questions. Uh, Regarding uh, military and civil aviation.
0: Yes, don't forget you can uh, obviously, like we said just a second ago, you can follow us on Facebook, Plane Talking uh, UK dot UK, uh, Plane Talking UK podcast. You can also email us um, at the show at plane talking uk at hotmail dot com. You can send us an email on there, or you can go on our website www talking uk. Dot .com you can go on the website there and uh, send us an email via our contact web page or contact page on the website do send us some feedback we need some more feedback <laughs> stop sending feedback to uh, to Jeff he's got so much to get through poor poor guy bless him he, as he told me uh, on the last show he's got uh, stacks of um, uh, feedback we need some more we need some more to go through So we're going to bring the uh, show to a close now then. So uh, from me, Carlos, thanks for listening, uh, guys and girls. Uh, As always, love having uh, you as our audience and uh, look forward to bringing you a show soon. So from me, Carlos, it's a big flight time goodbye. And from you, Simon?
1: Yes, a big uh, flight time goodbye as well. You take care and uh, we look forward to uh, speaking, talking more aircraft uh, in the coming weeks. You take care now. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye.